Welcome to Storytelling with Lindsay Bednar. We've talked about the importance of community and relationships in several of the last episodes. Brooke Kaiser discussed how crucial her community was for her in the wake of her husband Andrew's passing on episode 12 of this podcast. On episode 14 with Vanessa Rose, I discussed my need for community and how that came to fruition. We're all well aware of how damaging isolation is. If we weren't before 2020, we definitely are now. I used to show my students a video about the importance of socialization in my media studies classroom. First, the video discusses a research experiment from a book called Chasing the Scream. The experiment found that when a rat is put into an antique cage along with two water bottles, one normal water and one drugged, the rat gets addicted to the drugged water and eventually dies of malnutrition. The experiment was seen as proof that drugs are uncontrollable and it laid the foundation for 40 years of drug policy with strict laws and rehab centers that focused on withdrawal. But what most people don't know is that in the same decade, Another scientist, Professor Bruce Alexander, thought it was obvious that lonely rats in boring cages would choose drugs over water. So he decided to put them in what he called a rat park. This park included a lush cage, other rat friends, pretty much everything a rat could want while still having free access to drugs. Want to know what he found? Surprisingly, his rats chose not to use the drugs. The researcher even took the study one step further and had the rats use drugs for 57 days in the lonely cage until they became heavily addicted. Then he placed them in the rat park. What is crazy is that these drug-addicted rats gradually reduced their drug use until they stopped using them altogether. The rats seemed to have no desire for drugs anymore. The video goes on to point out that this happens to humans all the time. Heavily injured patients are given a medical form of heroin, and this heroin is much stronger than the heroin used on the street. Yet, despite months of use, these medical users just stop when they go home to a life where they are surrounded by a loving family. That same drug used for the same length of time also turns street users who are alone and unhappy into desperate addicts. So this Rat Park study was crucial for showing how important it is to have community and relationships and it's unfortunate it didn't get the notoriety it deserved. Recently, our friend Nick sent me an article. It's from The Atlantic, and it's titled, What the Longest Study on Human Happiness Found is the Key to a Good Life. The article states that since 1938, the Harvard study of adult development has been investigating what makes people flourish. After starting with 724 participants, boys from disadvantaged and troubled families in Boston, and Harvard undergraduates. The study incorporated the spouses of the original men and, more recently, more than 1,300 descendants of the initial group. Researchers periodically interview participants, ask them to fill out questionnaires, and collect information about their physical health. They watch these participants fall in and out of relationships, find success and failure at their jobs, and become mothers and fathers. It's the longest in-depth longitudinal study on human life ever done, and it brought them to a simple and profound conclusion. Good relationships lead to health and happiness. The trick is that those relationships must be nurtured. 
Now, this may not be groundbreaking news for most of us, but I don't think we spend enough time considering whether or not we are doing enough to nurture all of our relationships. The Atlantic goes on to say, Consider the fact that the average American in 2018 spent 11 hours every day on solitary activities, such as watching TV, listening to the radio. Spending 58 days over 29 years with a friend is a fraction in comparison to 4,851 days that Americans will spend interacting with media during that same time period. This is alarming. We can only imagine what the ratio will be like for our children. The article also stated that participants of the study appreciated being interviewed regularly and filling out questionnaires every few years. It gave them a welcome perspective on their life and relationships. So all of this got me to thinking, how often do we pause to analyze our relationships? If the key to happiness is how well we nurture them, isn't this a question that should be top of mind? I'm personally in that period of my life where friendships often get put on the back burner. Between building a career, having nights and weekends devoted to our kids' sports, and spending quality time with my husband, parents, sisters, and in-laws, there's little time to plan anything with my girlfriends. If you're in the same season of life that I'm in, your social connection likely takes place at the rink, on a field, in an auditorium, in the gym, or at church and I love this season of life. It might be the most consistent connection my husband Gary and I will ever have with our kids. The kids are young enough where they're typically home on a Friday or Saturday night. They still want to spend time with us, and that's gonna go by all too quickly. They'll continue to be my priority, and yet I know I'm not doing enough to foster my female friendships. Gary has been in a weekly bowling league for as long as I can remember. He and several of his best friends from high school get together one night a week to bowl, catch up on life, talk about world issues, and take a break from responsibilities. In the summer, he gets to do this on the golf course. I think it's pretty amazing. And Gary would be so supportive if I wanted to take a night each week with girlfriends. He's actually the first to encourage me to go out and do something with friends when it comes up. But for me, I can easily be a homebody with him and the kids. This time is just so fleeting. I remember seeing a visual representation of days left with your kids before they graduate and move out of the house. Uh, that was daunting. And I'm a person who can easily feel connected after a phone conversation. My ideal connection with my female friendships is to go right in and go deep. Our goals, parenting, marriage, our hangups, usually accompanied by both tears and laughter. Luckily, I have a handful of friends who can go there with me over the phone or on a walk around the neighborhood. Those conversations can meet my needs most of the time, although they do little for my physical touch love language. I looked at my calendar as I was prepping for this episode to see how many times I've actually gotten together with a friend over the last few months. Uh, I haven't. One was technically business-related, and another was a couple's outing. I also actually had to cancel on a few other outings because I felt overwhelmed with work and life in general. Honestly, I don't know where the time goes. But if I'm not prioritizing in-person quality time with a friend, am I truly nurturing the relationship? How do we nurture friendships when we are in such a busy time of life? One thing I know is that there isn't a one-size-fits-all. For me, adding a weekly event to my calendar is overwhelming with our busy schedule. And most of my closest friends live far enough away that it's not an option anyways. 
But whatever you come to realize when you analyze your relationships, you're likely putting your focus on some while others may be somewhat neglected. Maybe you're great at seeing your friends, but you're not connecting as much as you'd like with your significant other. You might be great at meeting up with people from work, but you haven't seen your best friend in months. I wrote a post last month about harmony versus balance. Balance is when all parts are equal, and let's be honest, impossible to attain when it comes to our life. Harmony, however, is the quality of forming a pleasing and consistent whole. That even just sounds better. The way I think we can achieve harmony is to consistently assess where things are at. And because relationships are a two-way street, it should be more than a self-assessment. How would our best friends rate us in nurturing our friendship? How would our significant others say we prioritize them? How would our kids say they're prioritized over our work, our schedules, or our phones? We can give ourselves grace that we can't be everything to everyone all the time. Grass grows where you water it. And if we neglect something for too long, it's going to show. I'd love for you to connect with me and let me know what you plan to do to nurture your relationships. For me, I have some dates to plan with my girlfriends. And I can't wait for the belly laughs. 